Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. A lot of guests today. Lake Lewis Jr., Washington football team is here. We got Zach Stevens in Denver here in a little bit. And then Matt Verderon from Fansided joining us later on as well. Big show. Kurt, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm great. You just mentioned the, the star-studded show that we got coming. How could I not be great? Lots of football talk going exactly. on here. So, so uh, I will bring in our friend Lake Lewis joining the show again. We appreciate you always coming on and giving us some time. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Appreciate you guys having me on again. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, uh, we, I think we got you before, you know, maybe before the season. I don't remember exactly when it was, but uh, we're, we're sitting here. We're going into week 10 here and Washington football team, maybe not doing exactly how Washington fans wanted it to go, but maybe not a big surprise either. They're sitting at two and six. Um, and they got a little bit of some quarterback issues here because Kyle Allen goes down after, you know, Dwayne Haskins get benched early in the year. And that was the Alex Smith show, maybe the, the comeback player of the year. What's kind of the situation going on there with the, the start, starting quarterbacks? What are we thinking for Alex Smith going forward here? Yeah, you know, quiet is kept. I think, uh, you know, I can't speak for other people uh, in the building, but I can say, a lot of people were, were hoping that Alex Smith would have a chance to kind of resurrect this team again mm-hmm. uh, before he was injured, you know, uh, two years ago, this team was what, six and three. And no, he wasn't throwing the ball for 300 yards, but they were winning and they looked like a professional outfit last week against the giants. We saw Alex Smith look, look pretty comfortable under center until the end of the game. Of course he had the two horrific uh, interceptions, but for the most part, he played pretty well. And I think that's given, you know, Scott Turner, Ron Rivera, giving them a little bit of hope that maybe he can give this offense a boost because uh, they need it right now. The offense has sputtered and kept them from winning games down the stretch. And I said it right after, you know, the game had happened. Kyle Allen, his injury was revealed to be um, pretty lengthy. It's a dislocated ankle. So he's going to be out for, we could expect, probably the remainder of the season. Um, yeah. I said it right away. If Alex Smith is going to be the leader – going forward, I like Washington's chances to still somehow pull this together and make a run at the division title. I mean, they got the best defense in this division by a mile. Kendall Fuller's been playing well. That front seven's looked really good. And uh, if Alex Smith can look like anything like the Alex Smith of old where, you know, he doesn't turn the ball over, they can move the ball downfield, 
Antonio Gibson's starting to come into his own. I like Washington's chance to still maybe pull off a 6-10, and 7-9, and nine, and still kind of push to win this division because we know it's not very good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think they would be hard-pressed to get to seven wins just because down the stretch, their, their schedule's really tough. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got, you know, the Seahawks on the schedule. You have the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Um, San Francisco's banged up, but they're still a really good coach team with Kyle Shanahan. And then, of course, you still have to go to Philadelphia end of the year. And you still have to go to Dallas on Thanksgiving. So they've got their work cut out for them. Uh, you know, right now they have two wins. And I predicted them to win last week against the Giants, and they didn't get it done. Um, this week against Detroit, you know, to me it's a pick em. You know, I'll probably have my pick by Friday. But right now, so anyone can win this game. But every time we feel like this team has taken a step forward to win games, they find a way to lose them. And, and as Ron Rivera himself said to us this week in our Zoom press conference, they have to learn how to win. And this is a young team that has to figure out how to do that and then how to string them together once they do win one game. So I, I think they're still in the thick of things in that putrid NFC East division. <laughs> but, you know, win will go a long ways. But I, I'll say this, though. If you want to make the playoffs, if you want to have a chance, you have to beat the Detroits of the world. And then Cincinnati comes to town, you're going to have to beat them too. Joe Burrow looks good, but you still have to beat teams that you're capable of winning against if you're going to try to make the playoffs. Definitely. And, I mean, you, you mentioned it's a young team, and I want, to, I want to talk about the young quarterback in Dwayne Haskins because, you know, he was brought in maybe to be the guy, and then new head coach Ron Rivera comes in. So I, I want to look, look in the, the crystal ball in the future here what are you seeing what the, the plan is with Dwayne Haskins? Is, is he going to be here come this time next year, or is he going to be wearing a new jersey? I, I just don't see how he can't be here. And, and I could be wrong. Um, but, you know, I'd like to be pleasantly so, uh, wrong about that. But when you bench, you know, a first-round draft pick and your excuse is, is that he wasn't showing you enough, <laughs> I, I don't want to hear they didn't have, you know, training camp and OTAs and mini camp and preseason because guess what? Not only did Dwayne Haskins not get that, no one got that in the <laughs> NFL. So you can't really necessarily use that as your excuse. When you name the guy captain, when you started him from day one, um, you handpicked your own quarterback, you know, from, from Carolina who was with you and Kyle Allen. My thing was maybe you should have started Kyle Allen from day one and, you know, see how that played out before you gave Dwayne Haskins the ball. But you gave him the ball early. And if you're trying to develop him and this team's not that good, for the life of me, I still don't think you should have pulled, removed him regardless if he was struggling or not. Because, look, guys, last week against the Giants, Daniel Jones, you know, that was their first-round draft pick last year as well. You know, mm-hmm. same draft as Dwayne Haskins. And they've stayed with Daniel Jones through the good and the bad, and there's been a lot of bad. Right. We know that. But they've stayed with him to see what they have, and there's no talk of them trying to draft a quarterback this offseason. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised that they did this with Dwayne Haskins, but for my crystal ball, I can't possibly see him wearing a, a burgundy and gold uniform next year. So do you see them maybe pursuing someone in free agency, or are they going to try to get one of these, whether it's somehow get a Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson's kind of worked him his way into the conversation. Oh do you think that? <laughs> do you think that's where that they'll probably end up going is drafting another another quarterback? Yeah, I mean, if they're sitting there and one of those quarterbacks are or you know are available, yeah, I mean, and let's face it, they have two wins, and and I keep saying to myself, oh, they're not going to be able to you know be in position to take a Justin Fields. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence will go one, 
Um, but I'm like, there's no way they can get Justin Fields because he's probably going to go two through four. And I'm thinking this team's going to have five, six wins and be picking around, you know, 11 through 15. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that might not happen, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they may be picking pretty high. So, yeah, if Justin Fields is there for Washington when they go pick, I mean, they have to run to the podium faster than when mm-hmm. they did for Chase Young. Um, and, you, and you take that guy. But if he's gone, to me, if, if Zach Wilson's sitting there and he keeps ascending and that guy looks really good to me, I'm taking him. I, I'm taking him real fast, matter of fact. Uh, you know, then there's Trey Lance, then there's Mac Jones. I mean, um, you know, Trats uh, from, from Florida might be there in the second round. So maybe you take the, the, the offensive tackle from Oregon and then you take the kid from Florida in the second round. I, I could live with that draft too. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll definitely see what happens. Can you imagine if Justin Fields, Terry McLaurin, and Chase Young are all <laughs> rocking Washington football team uniforms by next year? It'll be, it'll be a fun – Fun little yeah, Ohio State getting, reunion. But you'd be getting rid of a Buckeye as well. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that, that is a fact. That is very true. Blake, one more, one more thing before we let you go here. I want to talk about maybe one of the, the best stories in the NFL during a horrible 2020 so far in the head coach and Ron Rivera. I mean, it's his story is very inspirational. I mean, this guy is coaching day in and day out, doing everyday duties of an NFL head coach while battling cancer. He finally beats cancer. It's an awesome story. It's so inspiring to see this happen. I mean, what are you seeing just from him, you know, in Zoom meetings, just dealing with the team? I mean, I can't imagine how hard it is on him, on his body. But, I mean, you know, maybe the results aren't necessarily there. But Ron Rivera is a proven coach. He's a great, great head coach. I mean, what are you seeing from Ron Rivera and just everything that he's been going through this season? I mean, I'm seeing a person that that – pretty much is the lead right now. I mean, I've seen a lot of coaches come in here. You can tell they weren't in control, um, even when they thought they were in control. Jay Gruden knew he was never in control. Mike Shanahan thought he was in control. I mean, I've seen it all since I've been covering this team. Uh, You know, and I can safely say that Ron Rivera is probably the more professional out of all of them, you know, combined. I mean, he's, he's straightforward as far as his beliefs, whether at times we don't vibe with those beliefs, you know, Haskins being one going for two against the Giants in the Meadowlands is another thing. But but he has an answer for everything he's doing. You know, he has the belief in everything he's doing. And I think for the most part, he's he's cleansed the locker room of the prima donnas that I've seen here. And they've got a lot of young guys on this team that are working hard every day. Um, they seem to be tight knit as a group. Um, I don't see any, you know, infighting or anything like that. So that's a good start for them in their rebuild and trying to change the culture. They just got to get a couple of W's under their belt to get these young guys to believe that they can, mm-hmm. they can win games. Definitely. Leg Lewis Jr., Washington football team insider. We always appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon. All right. I appreciate it, my friends. Take care. Thank you. All right. Take care. There he is. is. Leg Lewis Jr., one of our favorites to have on. So, yeah. Um, Ron Rivera, obviously, I mean, you mentioned it, Kurt one of the best stories of this season. Not only him, Terry McLaurin, he's really emerged not only as one yes. of the better young receivers. Um, that locker room video after their win a few weeks ago, he's, he's earned that C on his chest that he recently got mm-hmm. as well. So um, the future is bright in Washington. It's just they got to figure out what they're doing at quarterback. Uh, and I think that they – hopefully for them, I mean, they have that figured out within the next calendar year because um, this, this draft isn't exactly stocked with them. Um, mm-hmm. I know that – uh, Lake had mentioned, you know, Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. Any other draft, I don't think they're sniffing the first round. Um, yeah, right. So, um, 
I think they're really going to be banking on, you know, by some miracle of God, the Jets win more games than they do. (laughs) And they're sitting with the top pick and can take Trevor Lawrence. Um, But if they get a chance to get a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, a Zach Wilson, I think that they'll be pretty happy with that as well. Yeah. And, you know, for being a two and six team, I think they're a lot closer than people think. I mean, you mentioned it when we were talking to Lake. That defense is great. I mean, it, it does Very not good. get enough credit how good their defense is just because the team isn't winning games. But, I mean, they're 2-6. and six. The number two overall pick, Chase Young, who very well should have been the number one overall pick if it weren't for Joe Burrow. But, I mean, he's come in three and a half sacks, not maybe lighting up the league, but he's played in seven games this year. He's, he's consistently producing on that line with star-studded talent on that defense. And I think their defense is very close to being a top-tier defense. They need, obviously, a few more pieces. But, you know, if they can keep that defense rolling in the next year and maybe get a new quarterback in there, fix that offensive line, bring in maybe a linebacker or two, I think that team could be pretty dangerous. I mean, you mentioned it, Terry McLaurin, who's coming to be a very, very good number one wide receiver. So, I mean, if the, if the NFC East sticks like this, I don't see why Washington couldn't make a run for the division next year. Yeah, I mean, they got to get a, another safety to play at the second level because Landon Collins hasn't lived up to that signing whatsoever. But now Kendall Fuller's emerged as one of the best cornerbacks in football. Mm-hmm. So that's very good for them. The defensive line's really good. Um, if they end up not going quarterback and can't get Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon, mm-hmm. they can get Micah Parsons from Penn State, put him into, you know, the, the front seven there. That's That might be the best – front seven in football Micah Parsons and Chase Young on that one with Matt that would be Unitas. absolutely horrifying wow. so with everything that they've got I mean you put Micah Parsons Chase Young Matt Ioannidis Montez Sweat Jonathan Allen um I don't think Kerrigan will be there but I mean, Kerrigan you, will 100% not be there but if if they somehow work it out and he sticks around that is a insane front seven even without I – mean, I don't think he's going to be there. He wants to go somewhere where he has a bigger role and right. a winning team. So, But even without him, I mean, that's still a dangerous front seven. The future's bright for them. I hope that they can, you know, find the signal color that they want. And I'm selfishly hoping that Trevor Lawrence ends up there because <laughs> I want to see Trevor Lawrence with Terry McLaurin. I want to see, you know, Antonio Gandy-Golden, a guy that we both like. I want to see him kind of emerge as a bigger role in that offense. Antonio Gibson's been getting better. So we'll see how it plays out in Washington. Um and the NFC East because it's a it's very much a division up for grabs and it has been for the past couple of years because it's been so bad. It still is. I mean, it's it's kind of I don't know annoying to think that they're going to get a home playoff game out of that division because yeah. it's just been so ugly for pretty much this entire year. I mean, the Eagles had a bye this week. Uh, Giants beat Washington and Dallas. Dallas almost beat your Steelers there, but you know I don't think Dallas is doing anything. But it's just you know. It's it's a non-threatening division, but it's still up for grabs, and kind of anybody that's in the in the division can still have hope, I guess. Yes, that they can. We'll get all into that whole Steelers mess of a game that it was on Sunday here in a little bit. We'll probably do that with Matt Verderam in a little bit on our own. We've got Zach Stevens in Denver coming up next on Laces Out. Stick with us. We'll be right back. One. Uh, welcome back to Laces Out, everybody. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homiser with you. Being joined now by. Denver Broncos reporter, writer, Zach Stevens. Zach, we appreciate you coming on, mate. How are you? Fellas, thanks for having me on. Love to be on to talk some football. Absolutely. Absolutely. Going into week 10 here, I can't believe we're flying through the season here. We just had uh, Lake Lewis on to talk some Washington football team. Now we're moving over to the Denver Broncos. We're just 
covering all the teams that we can. So, <laughs> Zach, I want to I want to start here with the the Broncos. You know, they're they're sitting at that three and five, not too far out of you know they're still in the hunt. They're two games behind, and you know, Jared, Jared, you and I were pretty high on the Broncos at the start of the year. We we thought they were good, and then you know some some serious injury bugs hit them here, but. I want to start with the quarterback, the most important position, and I, I want to start with Drew Locke because we were pretty high on Drew Locke at the start of year two. You know, he, he I wouldn't say, you know, he's he's thrown away his chances because I think he's still, you know, the guy in Denver. I think he will be next year too. But what are you seeing from him? Because maybe he dropped off a little bit from from the production we saw earlier in his career. And, you know, it's it's not quite the, the hype that we saw for Drew Locke uh, originally. Well, guys, it, it's perfect to be talking to uh, some Buffalo fans because yeah. you, you, you guys know everything about Josh Allen. And right now, it looks like Drew Locke has kind of taken the Josh <laughs> Allen train right now. And Josh Allen has actually done, as you guys know, a fantastic job of overcoming the odds. Mm-hmm. That the way he started his career, most quarterbacks, 9 out of 10 quarterbacks, do not succeed. But Josh right. Allen has been that rare one to, to overcome that. And Drew has put himself in a similar situation right now where when you look at the stats compared to what successful quarterbacks typically have in their first couple of starts, doesn't look so good for Drew. So he's going to have to overcome those odds just like Josh Allen. And, guys, I'm right there with you. Coming into this year, after what I saw from Drew last season, and even coming into the draft, I loved Drew Locke. I thought the Broncos should have taken him at 10. Instead, they wait all the way to the second round, and I thought they were very fortunate to get him in the second round. So I was really high on Drew coming in. And then I saw him go 4-1 and one last year, seven touchdowns to three interceptions. I saw him flash, and so I was really excited about what he could be this year. And I'm not going to lie, he's been underwhelming this year. Now, he still showed the, he's still shown the flashes. In fact, in the past two fourth quarters, just in the fourth quarters, in the 30 minutes of football, he scored 42 points for the Broncos, 21 wow. points in each fourth quarter. He <laughs> has five touchdowns to one interception in both of those games and is thrown for 150 yards in each of the fourth quarters. So he, wow. he's absolutely shown what he's capable of doing in yeah. the NFL, and that's incredible play. Yeah. But the other 18 quarters that he's played, because he missed so, some games uh, due to injury, so the other 18 quarters he's played in full this year, have been very underwhelming. He only has one touchdown pass in those 18 quarters, five interceptions, and thrown for 55% completion. So that's very, very rough. So what, what I need to see from Drew from the rest of this season is I have to see more consistency. You know, you can't, you can't be flashing 10% of the time. In fact, it kind of needs to be flipped. You can be bad 10% of the time, and you need to be you, – you don't need to be five touchdowns uh, in, in two quarters good, but you just – you can't be bad, and you have to be more consistent. So that's what I need to see from him. We've seen that he has it, but can he be more consistent answers the question of if he's the guy or not. Definitely. Yeah, obviously, you know, he dealt with the AC joint injury that he sustained against my Steelers in week two. Um, and ever since then, I mean, Denver's kind of been on that downhill trajectory. I mean, they dealt with starts from Brett Rippon and Jeff Driscoll. So, um, you know, coming back now, there's, they kind of gone through the thick of it. They're sitting at three and five, like Kurt said, they're a couple games out of a wild card spot going into Las Vegas this week. I think this is really kind of a keeper season alive or kind of stick a fork in them week. What do you see from them? Um, how does this matchup at least compare for you? Because we know that Vegas's defense isn't very good. Secondary-wise, they allow a lot of passing yards. So how do you see um, Drew Locke in this offense being able to take advantage of a less-than-par Raiders defense? 
Yeah, and guys, I told you they've scored 42 points combined in the last two fourth quarters, yet they're only one and one in those games. It's because Ugh. both of those games, they started so bad. In the first game, they had 10 points entering the fourth quarter, uh, only 60 yards of offense in that first half in that game. Then last week, they only had six points entering the fourth quarter. So if there's ever a game to get right for this offense and get started off hot instead of waiting for the fourth quarter, you're exactly right, uh, Jared. It's against the Raiders defense right now. And unfortunately, the Broncos are going to be missing their entire starting defensive line. All three guys are going to be out, including Von Miller, who, who's likely out for the season. And that's really unfortunate. Uh, going up against the Falcons, they got away with it because Matt Ryan just took advantage of the air attack there. But with Josh Jacobs in, in Oakland, they're really going to take advantage of that. So the Broncos are going to have to commit everything to stopping the run and making sure that their cornerbacks, who they should be healthy with their cornerbacks this week, which they weren't last week, that those guys hold up against the Henry Ruggs, Darren Wallers uh, that the Raiders have. So that's going to be key. And then you're going to have to score points uh, in order to keep up with the Raiders because I believe the Raiders are going to score points as well on the ground. Definitely. I, you know, this this Raiders game, they still play them twice. They, they play them this week and I think week 17, I believe. So, you know, those are some pretty important games because we, we've said it a couple of times. They're, they're two games back from, you know, the the leading team with the wild card right now. They play Miami next week. They play, uh, let's see, they, they play Miami. They play the Saints, the Chiefs, the Panthers, and then my Buffalo Bills. So, you know, I, I don't. I don't love that stretch. I think that's a no. tough stretch for the team like Denver. Um, I They'll have to really surprise a lot of people. They'll really have to play some career games to win that. But, I mean, Zach, do you think there, there's a chance that they'll be in for that wild card spot? We get an extra wild card team this year. So, do you think they, they have a chance to maybe sneak in maybe, maybe that seventh seed? I mean, the next four games are against all playoff teams right now, including the Chiefs and the Saints, and both of those teams are looking as good as any team in the NFL right now. So it really depends on these next two games. Going into the Atlanta game this past week, I said the Broncos had to go 2-1 and one in their next three games in order to, to still be in the playoff hunt. Well, they lost their first one. Now it makes these next two absolute must-wins. Because like you said, if you drop to 3-6, and six, your season's done. But these next two games are against teams that are currently in the playoffs right now mm -hmm. with the Raiders uh, and the Dolphins. But I think it's going to be too tough of a task just with how inconsistent this Broncos offense has been. It's hard for me to say that they're going to go on a big winning streak, but they, they have the talent there. We've seen it at times, specifically these last two fourth quarters in order to do that. But I mean, it starts this week, so it's crazy going into week 10 right now, pretty much saying the Broncos playoffs pretty much starts now. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked a little bit of the draft with Lake Lewis, so we'll do it a little bit with you as well in terms of what is Denver's kind of number one target in terms of position when it comes to this coming April? Because, you know, we know quarterback, not really much of a problem. We know receiver, they kind of went uh, and got, you know, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. They made sure they locked down that position for the next few years to put them along with Cortland Sutton. Um, so we know that's not going to be a focal point. Um, where do you think they're going to really target this coming April uh, with their first pick? Boy, my first draft question coming, <laughs> coming out. This, we, typically... we love draft talk. We love it. <laughs> oh, man, I'll join you guys for some draft talk. That's for sure. Uh, well, you know, it, it all depends on Drew Locke. If Drew Locke comes out and shows that, that he's the guy, then it's going to be about getting him protection. 
because the protection has been rough. Now, Garrett Bowles has really stepped up for the Broncos this year. He has. shocked everyone mm -hmm. in Denver because it, everyone thought that left tackle was definitely the pick going into the draft this year, but he's been great. I think everybody in Denver had their get rid of Garrett Bowles, like picket signs ready. And then from week one against Tennessee till now, he's been a lot more consistent than people would have thought. So obviously we'll see what happens in the next couple months. Zach, we appreciate your time, mate. We will 100% talk to you very soon. Oh man, I really appreciate it guys. And really quick note on the way out, the Broncos may not be favored in a single game this year. They haven't been favored in a single game up till now, including wow. playing the Jets wow. on the road. They weren't favorites wow. in that game. Really? The only game, the only two games they have a shot to be favorites for is actually next week against the Dolphins. Right now it's a pick them. Yeah. So maybe if the Dolphins lose this week and the Broncos win, the Broncos will be favored by a point or two. Uh, and then against Carolina, later in the season, although wow. that game's on the road, so they could easily be underdogs, too. There it is. Wow. Okay, I didn't know that. A fun, fun betting fun analysis to get us out <laughs> uh, from Zach Stevens. We appreciate your time, mate. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Zach. Not a problem. All right, and that's Zach Stevens out in Denver. So we will we'll see how these Broncos play this week against Vegas because it's a uh, – this is, like you said, Kurt, it's a must win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean – I don't, I don't think that they'll, you know, be a playoff team, but Vegas, the, the teams sitting in front of them right now are Vegas, Miami, Cleveland, Indianapolis. Those are some tough teams to get to catch up yeah. on, especially, I mean, Indianapolis, because whoever, whoever loses that division, whoever comes in second is going to get a wild card, whether it be Tennessee or Indianapolis. So, right. I mean, it's a, it's a long road ahead. Um, I'm not feeling too confident, but you never know. I mean, I, I do I do like Drew Locke, though. I like him when he has full health. If he had, you know, if he was healthy all year, if he had Cortland Sutton here, uh, I like Noah Fant as his tight end. Uh, kind of what Zach was saying, if he can build up the help in front of him, I think that'll help a lot. And, I mean, they brought in Melvin Gordon. I, that, that running back situation is kind of weird to me. Melvin Gordon. Yeah, right now it's still very I mean, weird. It's just kind of – neither of them are really – showing up like they like they have in the past I mean Melvin Gordon was kind of a big signing saying we got a running back he was great in, with the Chargers even though he had his whole you know sitting out debacle but Philip Lindsay was remember he was like the guy like three eh, what three years ago he was like no it wasn't quite it was like two years it was the same year that Saquon Barkley was rookie so it was 2018 okay. because he, he was, was like, undrafted coming out yeah. of Colorado and he was like the one of the, the top running backs in the league I mean it, mm -hmm. it's kind of I can't imagine that talent just, just dissipates and goes away forever. So right. I think, you know, this might not be the year. I, I hate the phrase, there's always next year, but there is. I mean, they get Von Miller back. They get Cortland Sutton back. They, they, whoever they take in the draft. I, I think the future is kind of like Washington. We're, wow, look at us. We're, we're, we're sticking with two underdog teams here. But <laughs> I think the future is bright because they have some solid pieces. They're just missing a few, you know, key guys, I guess, that, that could put them over the edge. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what they decide to do in the offseason as well. Not even just the draft, but, I mean, we could maybe see Von Miller get moved because this mm -hmm. is a guy who is getting on the back nine of his career. Not to say that he's not still a good player, but I think his best days are behind him. Got um, they've, more, got, they've got one more year on his deal, too. Just it, Exactly. So, you know, it's not like – and it's not like without him defensively they're bad. I mean, they've been a solid defense without him. Um, you know, Bradley Chubb is kind of ready to take over that prime pass role, the pass rusher role, so – no, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they were to move Von Miller for some pieces um, or some draft capital this coming offseason. So we'll see. But, um, no, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with Denver and the rest of the NFL slate, which we will talk about with 
the unofficial third member of this show, Matt Verderam, right around the corner. We'll be right our back. Our savior, our our friend that always comes <laughs> on the show when we hit when we have nobody else. So thank you very much, Matt. Yeah, we'll have him right around the corner on Laces Out. All right, welcome back to Laces Out, Jared Bailey, Kurt Homister, joined by the unofficial third co-host of this show, Matt Verderam from Fansided. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Good guys. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. We've Wonderful. had we've had a star-studded show so far. We had Zach Stevens talking some uh, Denver Broncos with us. We had Lake Lewis talking some Washington football team. So now, Matt, you are you are the expert of all the teams. So now we we can run through some uh, some Week Nine action here, Jared. I know you're I know you're itching, and I know I'm itching to talk about maybe the biggest surprise, not a positive surprise of the week, was the non blowout of the uh, Steelers Cowboys game there, pal. Yeah, no. I was in the middle of the game. I tweeted at Matt because a few weeks ago he came on here and said, "And I quote: There's no way in hell they're going to lose to Dallas." <laughs> and when we're sitting, what the hell was it? It was like 19 and nine. And I thought of Matt Verderam in that very moment. So, dude, I don't know. I told you I wouldn't be surprised if you know it was going to be somewhat close. I didn't expect them to be trailing by 10 in the game, but no. For the love of God, they were letting Garrett Gilbert drive down the field on them. They got lucky with you know, a red zone interception that was caused because he was hit as he threw. Um, and then Cam Sutton just punched the ball out of CeeDee Lamb's hands and Amika Fitzpatrick's arm um, hmm. before halftime. But, no, yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't fun, Matt. It, I'm tired of these, uh, these games coming down to the wire. Baltimore, that's one thing. You know, Baltimore's good. I shouldn't have to be swearing and throwing expletives around my entire house during, you know, a game with a, what, two and six team. <laughs> yeah, Dallas sucks. Yeah. But, uh, look, I mean, I never thought the Steelers would lose that game. I really didn't. I just thought at some point they'd make a play. They'd find a way. They'd tighten up defensively, and they did. Um, I will say, <laughs> you guys, there was a little bit of a gift on that interception because there was a holding in the end. I, I'm sorry. And I'm not one of these guys. Look, calls even out over the years. I'm not saying Pittsburgh won directly because of that, but that was, mm-hmm. that was a gift. <laughs> that was – I mean, that was holding as holding can be in the back of the end. And that said, look, they won the game. Great. No. Um, my biggest concern on Pittsburgh right now – you may disagree, you may agree. Roethlisberger just does not – You've said yeah. this for the past three weeks. He looks terrible. He, he hey, you said that football. You said that before he the season even started. He just threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. I don't, I don't care, man. I, I – I, I, well, your your eyes, you're, you're watching the game. Don't let your eyes lie. He, <laughs> I'm not. He, he's throwing the ball four yards a clip. He has no ability to drive the football. Mm. Zero. I that don't think ball, it's the fact. I, I don't think it's the 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 thing that he doesn't have the ability to do it. The offense hasn't called for it because they know he's 38. He got hit. He left the game. That's what they're trying to avoid. Hey, snap the ball. Get it to one of these nine trillion receivers on our roster that can make make plays with the ball in their hands I don't think it's the fact that he can't drive the ball we've seen him do it this season already he had that long ball to chase Claypool in week two he hit him again in the end zone against Baltimore which I guess wasn't technically you know a long ball but it was you know a 30 some yard touchdown his ability to throw the ball downfield I don't think is gone it's just the fact that they don't want him standing there taking hits to his knees which are now apparently a worry He's so fine. his knees are fine. He's the, big, <laughs> he's the biggest drama queen in football. Let's just call it. I'm not going to disagree with that. And, and I'm, I'm not, not going to disagree. With hey, that. whatever. He's playing it for a little camera time. Fine. He's fine. His <laughs> knees are fine. He's going to be listed on the injury report for the next eight years with a knee injury. He's fine. 
Okay. He was fine when he <laughs> left the field because he didn't think they were going to get the ball back. And then Mason Rudolph came out and showed everybody why they need Big Ben, <laughs> even if he's 75% of what he used to be. Look, I'm not saying he's bad, but my opinion, and maybe it'll bear out to be wrong, is that he, that he has to put a lot of air under these balls deep down the field. Mm-hmm. And at some point in time, they're going to play a team that's just going to say, I don't care. You are not throwing the ball underneath. You are going to beat us down the field. And, and maybe he does it. But right now, like, Baltimore, to me, was the most interesting of the teams that they've played so far. Because Tennessee's a good team, but they have no defense. Baltimore mm-hmm. has a defense. They have good corners. Baltimore outgained them and outplayed them the entire game. Now, I actually, I think Pittsburgh's better at Baltimore, for the record. But in that game, Baltimore outplayed them except for the fact, and it's a big fact, that Lamar Jackson couldn't stop turning the ball over. Which, <laughs> which hey, Fine. That's why Pittsburgh won. That's why that's you know, part of playing the game. They turned them over a bunch. It's not, you know, no, no apologies needed. But, it, you know, you didn't watch that game and go, man, Ben's just slinging it. <laughs> like, there was no point in that game. Where, and I watched that game twice, okay? <laughs> no point. Once just to watch Big, big Ben. At no point in that game where you're like, man, cover zero. He's gunning it down the scene. It's just, he wasn't. Which maybe they get away with all year, but I do think at some point that's going to rear its head. And uh, before before I let you in, Kurt, that first half they went down the field a few times. They did it a couple times to Claypool. I think they did it once to James Washington. All of which were incomplete. Ben was four of ten, twenty-four yards in the first half. I get it. They 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 repeat were repeat that stat line and then just stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, okay. man. What did four of ten for twenty-four yards. <laughs> okay. You have a running back play quarterback who could go well, four you gotta, you gotta also remember the fact that Baltimore held the ball for a lot longer than they did in the first half too. So. Yes. I get what you're trying to point out, but the second half, when they let Roethlisberger run the offense and not Randy Feekner, for the love of Christ, stop letting him run the offense because he's not good at it. When they let Ben call the plays, it's, con- it's continuously shown that it works. And I just wish that they would allow him more freedom in the offense to say, like, look, I got this. I can, I've done this for a long time. So I think they're, they've shown to be a second-half team this season. Uh, in a few instances, not so much against Tennessee, but the, my point being that, yes, four of 10 for 24 yards isn't exactly great, but what he did in the second half, uh, Kurt, you can take over here. What he did in the second half in both games has, has me pretty, pretty pleased, I guess. It's also got you very riled up, man. Now you got him going. So good, good job on that. But no, I mean, even the start of the year, I, I said it before. The start of the year, we said this team is going to come down to Big Ben. It's the defense is there. Defense is fine. Offensive weapons are fine. It's Big Ben. Can he stay healthy? I don't think he can. I don't think he's going to be able to last a full, full slate of games. But I don't know. They're still undefeated. I mean, win is a win, no matter how ugly it is. But where are you guys seeing their first loss? Because I don't see them going undefeated, frankly. But Cincinnati. They play, they play the Bengals this week. I was going to say that I don't. I don't think they beat Cincinnati this week. I think Cincinnati is a very good team, and I think they match up well against the Steelers. But I mean, let's say they beat the let's say they beat the Bengals. They play the Jaguars, then they play the Ravens. That that could be the one. Washington. I mean, I don't know, Matt. What do you think? Do you think this week or it could that? be this week? My only caveat on this week. And it's a weird game because Cincinnati's off the bye. Mixon's still banged up, so we'll see if he plays. Uh-huh. Um, is Cincinnati can't block anybody. And I get to see this being a game where Tomlin's like, I don't care. We're, we're bringing seven guys every play, and we're going to hit him into oblivion. <laughs> I think it's close this week. I think, I, think the Pittsburgh, or I think Pittsburgh will win. I actually think it's against Baltimore for one reason. 
I think Pittsburgh's better than the, the Ravens. I think the Ravens are just going to be much more desperate to win the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, Pittsburgh doesn't necessarily need it. Baltimore desperately needs it. And these two teams, there's, it's such a great rivalry. And there's no fans. Like, I kind of throw out where the game is. I don't really care that the game's in Pittsburgh. It's not like it's some cross-country travel mm-hmm. for Baltimore. So, I kind of think that game, if again, just for no other reason, that Baltimore is just going to – they have to win to stay in contention for the division. Pittsburgh obviously will not unless something crazy happens here in the next couple of weeks. I think Pittsburgh's probably going to go 13-3 or 14-3. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's a hell of a record. Yeah. There's no arguing that. I mean, I think they're, – look, they're not going to lose to Jacksonville. I think the only games they could lose on this schedule, they could lose one of them to Cincinnati. That's possible. The Bengals have been in every game this year, save for the one game against Baltimore. They could lose at Buffalo. That that game is, I mean, obviously they're they're going against a seven and two team on the road. Um, Baltimore. And I, I don't see them losing to Cleveland. The only thing is again, it's week seventeen at Cleveland. Like if the Browns need it to to be into the playoffs. Maybe that's like a kitchen sink game where Cleveland just does everything imaginable to try to win. Mm-hmm. But I would still take Pittsburgh. Do we, plus, do we think do we think Pittsburgh's going to hold on to that number one seed, or do we think Kansas City's going to make a run to to get that first uh, first buy for the playoffs? Um, but I, we'd have to look at their schedules because I think right now Pittsburgh definitely has probably the easier schedule. I mean, like Matt said, the Look, I think that they'll lose this week just because, one, I think Cincinnati, I agree with, you know, they're, they've been in every game thus far minus that blowout against Baltimore. But even then, their defense played the Ravens' offense well. It was just the fact that Joe Bur- yep. Burrow was getting hit every play. But, no, they held Lamar Jackson to 52% completions. He only ran the ball for three yards. I mean, the defense did their job. It was just the fact that the, the Bengals couldn't block anybody and the Ravens took advantage of that. So, um Look, Ben's never lost in Jacksonville, but historically they don't play the Jaguars well. So it depends on if um, Gardner Minshew is going to play or not. Which I bet Jake Luton looked really good against Houston. So even then, we'll see. But I think I think I, anybody could look good against Houston's defense. Yeah, no, that. I get it, I get it. But no, I mean, I think that the game against Washington could even be a trap. You know, they've got they've got such a quiet. I mean, Kurt, we talked about this the show. They've got a very quietly good defense right now. Kendall Fuller's playing really well. They do. They do. So. Um, and Alex Smith that, is an actual quarterback. One. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, I, no, think I with, that's an interesting. Where is that game? Is it in Washington? It's in Pittsburgh. It's in Pan. I think. Yeah. I mean, Kansas City comes out of the bye. They have the bye this week, and then four of their next five games are on the road. They mm-hmm. play the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Bucks, and the Saints all on the road. Those games are split by Denver at home on a Sunday night. That'll be a ritualistic killing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they end the year with the uh, Falcons and Chargers at home. I think Kansas City is going to go fourteen and two. I think they're going to win six of their last seven. The reason being, they're better defensively than people realize. Like, here's a, here's a fun stat that I would never have known. I saw this. I cannot remember from who on Twitter. Um, the team that's given up the most receiving – or the, excuse me, the least receiving yards to receivers, Kansas City. Really? They, they, they do not – and they blitz. They blitz and play cover zero more than any team in the NFL, yeah. according to Matt Bowen of ESPN. So, they, they, don't, they don't give their corners a ton of help. Like, they just bring it. They don't care. The corners are good. They have a pretty good pass rush. I think Kansas City will split with Tampa and New Orleans. Take it however you want. I don't care how it mm-hmm. breaks down. The Raiders have the, the disadvantage of seeing Kansas City off a bye. And the Raiders, after they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead, took a victory tour around Arrowhead Stadium, honking the horns. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess that's not going to play well next week. No, I don't think so. Um, I'll tell you right now. 
if there's ever a game where they're going to lay on the gas pedal <laughs> and try to score 55 points, it's going to be that Raiders game. <laughs> so I think, look, they'll win their home games. I think they'll beat the Raiders and Dolphins, and then they'll split the other two. So if, you know, it'll come down ultimately to can Pittsburgh win 15 games? Or if they, you know, if they go 14-2, and two, uh, how do the tiebreakers shake? Mm-hmm. You know, so – I think there's a very good chance a team's going to be 14 and two and have to play on wild card weekend, which yeah. is nuts. But I think it's reality. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that means that Kurt, one of them's probably going to end up playing either Vegas or Miami. Miami looks really good right now. Mm-hmm. They got Kurt's Bills this week. No, they don't. The Cardinals got Kurt's Bills this yep. week, who just lost to the Dolphins. I knew I was yep. in the right fieldhouse. <laughs> but uh, what do you think about Tua? Because he's been a very big – I didn't think he was going to play that well against Arizona. He looked phenomenal. It looked good. It looked good. I, I, you know, look, he was terrible against the Rams. He bounced back. Mm-hmm. He's, he's kind of that modern quarterback. Like, he, he's got a good arm, but he also can run. He can move around. I feel like most guys now that come into the league, they have to have some mobility. Even if they're not running around like Lamar and gaining 1,000 yards, so you have to have some ability to play out of the pocket, play outside structure. Tua can do that. I do think it hurts if Preston Williams got hurt. He's on IR now. It, now yeah, it's easier to double. IR. Yeah, it's easier to double Devontae Parker. So I think that hurts. I also look, I don't know what to make of Miami because they beat a Niners team that is falling apart. Now they did beat the Cardinals, who I thought would would handle them. That was in mm-hmm. Arizona, off a of bye for Arizona. They beat him. I, I, I thought looked, Arizona would win that by three touchdowns. I so thought, I thought Arizona was gonna I thought Arizona was gonna beat them up. They didn't look I think Miami, you look at their schedule. I think they're going to be in it. They're probably going to win like nine games. Is that enough to get in? It just depends, really. Yeah. Like, they play the Raiders in Vegas week 16. Huge. Whoever wins that one. game is probably making the playoffs. Huge, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I have – I after that after that Cardinals-Dolphins game, I have Bills fans all over my Twitter panicking that the Dolphins are going to win the division. I don't see it happening. I don't – I mean, they, I they, they have the win against them in week two. They have them again in week 17, but I don't think it's going to matter by then. I think the Bills are just – I think they finally, after the Seattle game, they they got it clicking. They looked like they've been – you know, the defense has been getting together the past few weeks. I The Bills are just a, a better team than Miami. They're fun to watch. You know, they got the young quarterback, but I just think they're too young. I don't think they're going to they, – they might very well be a playoff team. I think they might sneak in and get that last play, uh, wild card spot. I just don't think that they win the division. I don't think that they're they're good enough because they'll have to go on a pretty serious stretch at the end of the season here. I agree, and I don't think a team from South Florida is going to Buffalo on January third and win that game. <laughs> I don't. No, I don't. No. The fans be damned. The, the weather doesn't care how many fans are in the stands. Yeah, defensively they've been really good though. I mean, they yep. are they still number one in points allowed per game because that's what they were going into last week. But obviously <laughs> Arizona putting up thirty one is probably going to take that down a little bit. I think but. they're like third or something. Regardless, they're very good. Yeah, and Flores yeah, so. is a great coach. Yes. Yeah, no, that's a big thing that we got to take away from this. I mean, they won five of their last nine after starting, what was it, 0-7 last year, 0-6. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, no, they're, they're a pleasant surprise. Now, like you said, Preston Williams being gone, I wouldn't be surprised if they look a little more to Mike Gusecki, the tight end, who's yep. kind of had – he's been up and down this year, so we'll see what they do there. But, um, you know, Kurt, you brought up your bill so we can go there. Um, we Both of us didn't expect what we saw. Um, oh, I, know I, that I know that Seattle's defense is bad. I didn't expect 400 400- – 15 and four touchdowns from Josh Allen. What do you make of Seattle's defense is horrid. It's bad. It's really bad. Seattle's defense is going to be the reason that team does not go to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's some crazy, like unbelievable statement. It's kind of obvious, but Mm -hmm. they, 
you just can't stop anybody. And, and, and look, the Bills, give them credit. I mean, I give Dave Bolt credit for one thing. You know, these guys, so often in the NFL, you see these teams are so paralyzed that they have to have balance. They go, well, we've got to run the ball 25 times. because Brian Dable was like, yeah, F that. We're throwing the ball every down. They can't cover anybody. <laughs> and Pete Carroll had no idea what to do. He, no, was, he like, didn't think that was going to happen. No, I, I give it to Dable. He was like, this is ridiculous. We're just going to throw. They suck. Mm-hmm. They can't get any pressure. They can't cover us. Like, the hell with it. We're just going to drop back and throw it. And you know what? As, as someone who's followed the Chiefs, like, I look at Andy Reid. Andy Reid does that all the time. Yeah. The first 10 carries of the game, the Chiefs can't get it going. He's just the hell with it. We're throwing the ball every down. Stop, Mahomes. Beat us. Yeah. Like, and it, it works. You, yeah. you, have, you know, look, Allen has been very good this year. Uh, yeah, they had a little bit of a lull, but that's going to happen at times. He, he was terrific on Sunday. And the other part of this, too, was Wilson had a bunch of turnovers in the game. Yeah. You know, I mean, he had the pick in the end zone, a couple other turnovers as well. Um, I was surprised. I thought it would be a close game. I thought it would be a high-scoring game. But the Bills really pretty much jumped on him from the start, and it, it yeah. never really got tight. I mean, Seattle never made a run where you really felt like, okay, they're going to come back and win. I, I give the Bills a lot of credit. To me, that game said a lot. They started off 4-0. Mm-hmm. They beat the Rams who were a good team, but maybe not like the title-contending type team. Then they lose to the Titans. They lose to the Chiefs kind of okay you know they beat the Jets in the past but both games were closer than you'd want them to be to beat Seattle like that was kind of a hey no we're, we're a really good team so I, I was impressed seven and two I do I agree with you because they're going to win the division yeah. I, I think it's just really a matter of are you guys going to get to a three seed is it going to be a you know uh you're going to beat a four you're fighting with Tennessee there but either way you're going to have a home game I think it's important to be the three though because the five is probably going to be Baltimore right that's right. a much harder game than Indy or Cleveland or Vegas or Miami. I, mm-hmm. I think it matters to be in those top three. No, and I, I think, you know, you, I was surprised by this game. Jared, you and I talked about it. I was surprised. I really – I wasn't, wasn't expecting a win, but, you know, I, I really thought it would be closer than this. I, I thought Russell Wilson was maybe going to eat apart that defense a little bit because they've looked rough, but – these past few weeks, they've put it together, and I'll give it to them because I was I was pretty low on that defense. But it seems like they're slowly getting it together. It seems like it seems like they're slowly kind of figuring it out here. So I'm glad. I mean, for the final stretch here, they go up against the Cardinals this week. Um, that that's you know a big game. It's not a huge game. It's an NFC game. If they lose, it's not the end of the world. But you know, and then they have their bye, and then a tough stretch to finish it out. But Matt, like you said, I mean, I think it's their division. I think they're finally starting to get it going. I think Josh Allen's got that his, his swagger back that he had the first four weeks that he kind of lost for a little bit. So watch out for the Buffalo Bills, Jared. They're coming for your Steelers. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Ben's never lost at, at Orchard Park, so we'll see how week 14 plays out. We know who's, who's not going to win the division, and that's the Patriots because they suck as well. Yes. Um, I was really hoping to see the Jets and Joe Flacco get a win. And I was pretty disappointed by how that game was managed down the stretch, though. I wasn't surprised that an Adam Gase coach team would screw up the final minutes of a, of a football game. So um, I don't know what's going to happen with New England next year. I don't think Cam is going to be there long term. I don't think any of us expected that. Um, what I do fear is that somehow they're going to finesse getting uh, a certain Goldilocks quarterback that hails in Clemson right now. No, they're not. <laughs> I, no, they're I, not. That, that would be – They'd have to do a lot to get up to get Trevor Lawrence. They have three saying, wins. They're not getting Trevor Lawrence. And if you, if you think the Jets are trading that pick to the Patriots, no, 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 I, I got a bridge to that, sell you. Yeah, that's right. the thing because 
if they have any hope of doing it, one, they got to lose the rest of their games, and two, they got to hope that the Jets win at least three, and that'll no be, or they got to win. They got to win four, I guess. So, uh, they're gonna get a quarterback. I do. That's I think that's pretty. I mean, is that pretty kind of written in pen right now? Because wherever they're gonna pick, it's gonna be within I would say between like six and eleven at the at the very most. Depends. I mean, I, I kind I would agree, but let's say Lawrence and Fields go one and two to the Jets and Jags. I mean, Trey Lance. Okay, maybe. Zach Wilson, maybe. Maybe, maybe, right? Kyle Trask, I mean, it's possible. But, man, so much happens between now and the draft. Oh, I know. Who knows? You know, right. But I'll tell you right, they're not getting Trevor Lawrence. They're <laughs> zero percent. Like, the, Jets, the Jets should be contracted if they trade that pick to New England. Right. So, now that's – they might get Sam Darnold. See that happening. Okay. You think that they would trade Sam Darnold, though, to the Patriots, though? The Pats offered a much higher pick than anybody else? I mean, I don't think so. I don't. I I wouldn't bet on that by any means. But if 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 they, you know, if the Pats are like, hey, we'll give you, a, you know, two second rounders, and nobody else gave more than a third or something. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you think Darnold's trash, trade him. Yeah. Okay, we can we can we can play this game of quarterback carousel because I've put I put either Sam Darnold in San Francisco. I've put it in my head that somehow the 49ers are going to trade up and try to get Trevor Lawrence. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think it's like they could make, try to make a move. I don't think, I think two of the biggest players right now in terms of this whole quarterback thing, it's going to be Darnold. I think that Dwayne Haskins is going to be another one because I don't think he's going to be back in Washington next year. No. So do you think that maybe they go to a place like a San Francisco right away where they're going to be the guy or could we see, you know, Haskins maybe get traded to a Pittsburgh or another team in which, you know, they're kind of on the outs with their current quarterback and waiting for them to come in to so, kind of take the reins. I mean, you're, you're throwing darts here. Um, oh, I know. But believe me, one of them's going to hit. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying you in general. I just mean, like, we're all sitting here throwing darts at this. Oh, yeah. Okay, so here, if I had to guess, Lawrence is going to the Jets. I just – I don't see any scenario other than them somehow not having the pick where he doesn't go there. Yeah. Okay, he's going to go he stays there. Back. You can't, man. If you're him. <laughs> now, you could do this. You could come out and say, I'm not playing there. I don't I was going to say, pull an Eli. Pull a Josh Rosen. You, Who that cares? you could do. That he might do. But he's, he's not going to stay. You, you know, listen, we've seen too many guys get hurt mm-hmm. and their career ends. He, he, you can't. Yeah. He'll come out. Uh, let's, let's assume all things equal. He goes to the Jets. Mm-hmm. If Jacksonville's got the number two pick, Jake Luton's not it. Okay, they're, they're going to they're gonna take fields. All right. So then you start getting into these other teams. We just talked about Darnold in New England. While I do think there's a prayer of a shot, I, I think it's unlikely because of what you talked about. I'll give you, the, I'll give you who I think is going to be the quarterback there next year, Garoppolo. Whoa. New England. Yeah. Okay. That's where I think – that's how I think this ends. Okay. Because so Shanahan, think- Shanahan's done Garoppolo. Yeah. Just, yeah, he can't he can't play, and but New England with McDaniel's and Belichick, mm-hmm. hey, come home, son. <laughs> I, I I can see that now. The Bears, they anybody who's breathing, anyone. Like <laughs> Foles, I actually think look, they'll they'll move on from Trubisky. He'll be a backup somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Haskins is going to be a backup somewhere. Um, you get into okay, so I think Foles, and I think they're going to draft somebody. Because Pace knows it's his ass if they don't figure this out. Right. So, 
they could trade up for a guy like a Wilson or a Trask or, you know, whoever you want to throw in there, Trey Lance. Um, God, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts, man. I mean, the yeah. Saints, like, I would imagine if Breeze retires, they have Winston and Taysom Hill. Like, they'll just transition T- one of them. Taysom Hill is not going to be a starting quarterback in this league ever. I agree with you. But you talk to people in the league, like, there's a real honest-to-God belief that they think he's like a borderline Hall of Famer just sitting in the wings. I, I don't understand it. The man's like 84 years old and it's thrown 15 passes. But out of when I was watching that game, which by the way I want to talk about next is that that Buck Saints game. Yeah, I think definitely. Chris Collinsworth. I I think I could be just losing my mind, but I'm pretty sure I heard Chris Collinsworth say that if he was picking a quarterback to I, I don't he said something about Madden. I don't know, but he said yes. he Taysom Hill. If you were playing. Times. An all Madden team, yes. or I don't know what the hell kind of analogy he was trying to make, but he was trying why? to just why Taysom Hill. It, it, uh, you guys, you up. guys are too young. I know what he was talking. He was Madden used to do this thing where every year he'd do like his like he'd pick like his all Madden team, which was just based on like grinders and tough guys who he loved. Uh, that being said, and I like Chris Consworth a lot. It's ridiculous. yeah, yeah. Just stop. <laughs> Yeah, it's just enough already. Like just, I feel like it's just because he's a white dude who plays more than one position, and everybody wants to gawk at him. I mean, he has <laughs> a few big flashy plays in there, but the thing that drives me nuts is the, the money. The money that is tied up with this guy. Oh, yeah, it it blows my mind. I don't. It's I don't re- get it. It's insane. It is. I, next. I think. Uh, I think he's due sixteen million dollar cap hit next year. Why? For what? Fifteen plays a, every two weeks. The thing is, in life, don't ever bet against yourself. Or, you know, don't bid against yourself. Yeah. You go to a car dealership, and the, and the car dealer says, hey, listen, I want 12 grand for this car. And you're like, well, is anybody else giving you more than seven? <laughs> like, <laughs> if the answer to that question is no, then guess, guess who's getting seven grand? Yeah. Like, I'm giving you 12 grand. You can't sell it. That thing's got dust. <laughs> like, so, it's uh, – but, yeah, look, to transition with that, that Bucks game, that oh, was – What the hell happened there? A shellacking and a half. Yes. I was more confident in that game because I bet Bucks minus four and a half. I was more <laughs> confident in that game than any game this weekend. I don't know what the hell happened. Oh. I was I was quite confused. If you want to talk about gambling, which I don't I don't talk about much, but I may or may not have had the Pats on a tease. Okay. To, co- to cover one and a half, and uh, I was uh, I was not pleased with them until the final play of the game. Just put it that way. <laughs> I do not gamble much, if really ever. But uh, that was a small wager. But I was I was about ready to kill everybody involved. <laughs> watching that. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" It was like a fourteen tees. All yeah. I needed them to do was cover a point and a half against the Jets, and they almost blew it. Mm. That said, all's well that ends well. Um, no, listen, man, I I got to give it to Peyton in this game. And sometimes Sean Peyton, I, who I like a lot, but with the taste some hell stuff, he drives me nuts. Right. Defensively, they're weird. They do things that are odd with Dennis Allen, but they have the Bucks number, man. They they bring four. They get pressure. They sit back. Like they, one thing about Brady, and obviously, Kurt, you've been a fan of the team since his division for most of his career. Yes. If you can get pressure on Tom Brady, especially at his advanced age, he turns into a little bit of a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. And the Saints <laughs> in that game were like, we are doing everything to hit him. Everything. Yep. And he will throw the ball up. He will get rid of it. He'll throw picks. He'll throw it out of bounds. And they did that. And to the Saints' credit, look, the Bucks love to blitz. And Breeze just sat there and just killed them. Just underneath, bing, mm-hmm. bing, 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 bing. I, I was utterly impressed. I thought the Bucks were the best team in the NFC going to that game. Yeah. I don't feel like that now. 
I mean, I don't know how you could. The, the Saints, they've, they've kicked their ass twice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it seems that throughout the entire course of that game, New Orleans just brought pressure, and more and more Tom Brady just turned into Brett Favre and not in a good way. I mean, he threw up the dumbest – very not Tom Brady passes that yeah. were just easily intercepted. Yeah. Well, they've I, mean, got, with, I mean, they got Carolina this week at home. Or excuse me, on the road. Yeah. They should win. Carolina is the lowest pressure rate in the NFL, I think. Um, they should win that game. And then they get the Rams on a Monday night. And that's that's an interesting game. I mean, the mm-hmm. Rams, they've got a very good defense. Yes. They can get a lot of pressure in the interior with Donald. And then after that, they play Kansas City on a short week. So that's going to be an interesting stretch for them. I'm curious to see what the Bucks look like after the next three weeks. Yeah, I mean, everybody thought, you know, oh, look at the the shiny weapons they have on this team. Yeah, they, you know, Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski on the same team would have been fine five years ago. But <laughs> I don't know. It's it that that was maybe we we talked about the Steelers Cowboys. How that was surprising. This might have been the most surprising game for me because even yeah. if you know I thought the Bucks were going to win. I thought it would be close. It's a divisional game. Divisional games are always close. The big rivalry. It's Tom Brady. He's not gonna, you know, let his team get too far behind. But holy moly, they they looked uh, they looked pretty ugly. But you know, like you said, I I don't think they lose two in a row. I think they come back and kind of prove themselves that hey, we're we're not we're not bad, and we're we're gonna beat a, a Carolina team without without Christian McCaffrey, which is even worse. So yeah, you never want to be the team that's on deck after a good team right. loses by thirty five <laughs> points. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a bad time. You want to be the team that plays them after they just won by 35 points. Exactly. That is a fact. So, I don't know. Well, the fact that they did lose by a lot makes them very easy to bet on this week. So, I'm going to keep betting on the Buccaneers like an idiot and hoping that I eventually cash. So, Matt, hey, mate, we always appreciate your time. You always come through for us. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you within the next 14 days or so. (laughs) All right, guys. Take it easy. Thanks, right, We appreciate you. Watch an episode of The Vampire Diaries. No. That's no, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> for anybody for anybody listening, Jared is on a on a hook for the vampire di- the vampire diaries and Matt and I were making fun of him before the show. So anyway, Matt, we thank you for your time, my friend. Have a good night. Take care. See you, buddy. <laughs> All there right. He is. So Matt Ritteron. We have we have about six minutes here, pal. So do you want to run through some some power rankings real quick and then we'll we'll be on our way? Yeah, let's kill them real quick. I'll let you start off. So give them your 10 through 6. Remember, we're going the other way now. Give them a little. Yeah. All right. Real quick here. Like I said, we got around six minutes. So I got the Dolphins at number 10. They're still winning games. You know, I don't know how how far they're going to be able to keep going, but I got them at number 10. We just talked about them. They had one of the worst games maybe of the whole year. Buccaneers, you, you can't bump them out of the top 10 just because of that. And the Saints, are, I think, are a good team. They still – Buccaneers still have a great defense. They still have Tom Brady at quarterback. They'll be fine. They're still a very good team. Uh, and then I have the Saints right ahead of them at eight. You know, Drew Brees doing his thing. Uh, can't really bump them down too far. Titans at seven. And I got the Rams at – or sorry, not the Rams. The Ravens at six. So, I got Dolphins, Buccaneers, Saints, Titans, Ravens. All right. So, you're 10 through six. I don't – I'm not surprised by, you know, Tampa falling that far for you. You know, it makes sense. I'm were, waiting yeah, for my. They were up at number five last week for me. So they yeah, I know. No. And like Matt said, you know, I felt like they were the best team in the NFC before that as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens for them going forward. I'm waiting for mine to load in right now. So we don't want any dead air on this show. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, do my, I'll do my top five then. How about I just run through it? I'll, I'll run um, through it. Hold on. Line. I think they just came up. Okay. But, um, 
you know what? Oh, did they come up? I think they came up. Okay, they came up. They came up. All right. All right. So number 10, I'm going to put Arizona number 10. I expected them to roll over the Dolphins, and obviously that didn't happen. That said, they're still sitting in a very good spot right now. I think they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, They just need to clean some stuff up defensively. You're, You're going to criticize. I'm putting the Saints at nine. I really am. You know, I get that they just humiliated Tampa Bay. I need to see more. So we'll see what happens for them going forward offensively. They did everything right this game. Um, so respect to them, but we're going to, I'm going to keep them at nine. I'm going to put the Dolphins at number eight. I'm more scared of the Dolphins right oh. now than I am in New Orleans. Yeah. I, I thought you were um, leaving them out of the top 10. Okay. No. Um, look, two is playing well. I don't think they win this week. I think the Chargers will finally get one, but, Aside from that, I mean, their defense is really good. Offensively, Tua is the real deal. We'll see what happens. You know, they need another receiving threat. Another Preston Williams is gone for the year. But, no, I, I like Tua and the Dolphins a lot. I'm going to put Baltimore number seven. Um, again, I get Lamar went 19 of 23. He's averaging less than, I think, like seven yards of throw right now. So, they need to do more in terms of the pass game. Their defense saved them again. Seattle's number six. Big loss to Buffalo. Their defense can't stop anybody. They need to do more on that side of the ball. All right, you kind of picked up where I left off, or I'll pick up where you left off. I have uh, Seattle in there at number five. Then I got my Bills back in the top five. I got them at number four, and it feels oh so good. So I got Seattle five, my Bills four. I think they're they're back. I think they're they're ready to roll again. Uh, and then I got the Packers at three. Uh, they beat the 49ers. I still think they're one of the best teams in the league. Uh, Steelers number two. They dropped off just a little bit mm. because of that game, but. You know, they're still. I think they're still them. Them, the Packers uh, and the Chiefs are the best three teams. I have the Chiefs at number one. I just I can't bet a bet against Patrick Mahomes. They had a, a close game against Carolina, but the things that that guy does on the field is just ridiculous. So that that's uh, I got the Chiefs in that number at number one. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is arousing with the football in his hands. All right, number five. I'm going to put your Bills at number five. Great game from them offensively and defensively. They got the job done. And they really – it was a call to action. They needed to show something, and they did. I'm going to – I'm keeping the Bucks in the top five, which I might live to regret, but I think they're going to be okay. Put them at number four. Green Bay, number three, they had probably their game of the year. They humiliate the 49ers. Aaron Rodgers goes off, so does Devontae Adams. If the Chiefs would have played Carolina better, they would have been number one. But the fact that they also struggled against a not very good team, I'm going to keep them at number two. My Steelers are still undefeated. They go – they're home this week, actually, for Cincinnati and a game that could very well be their first loss. But for right now, they are number one. And that is our power ranking. So you can follow me on Twitter, Jay Bailey NFL. Kurt, where can they follow you? At Kurt, K-U-R-T, Homicer, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. Thank you to Lake Lewis. Thank you to Zach Stevens. Thank you to Matt Verderam. Jared, thank you for joining me. Oh, wow. I'm always grateful to join you, Kurt. Thank you for joining me. This is Laces Out. We've got like 30 seconds left. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter and join us next I guess Friday for the show. This coming Friday for the show, pre-show, week 10. Thank you for joining us. This is Laces Out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.